from PRX. This is Studio 360. I'm Kurt Anderson. On this special podcast episode, and two more to come soon, we are bringing you a series of stories about the science of laughter. Today, is laughter really the best medicine? Not so long ago, I went to a yoga class in the basement of an office building in Manhattan. So picture it, about a dozen of us squeezed into a tiny room. It's very hot. We're here for this thing called laughter yoga. Because it's called yoga, you're probably picturing us yucking it up while we're doing downward dogs. But it is not like that. It's more like what I imagine comedy improv class to be, but without the jokes. What he was saying, so here we are in the blood of a lump. Let's tell each other where it is. So that horrible pigeon French is me and the other members of my laughter yoga class doing one of the exercises. I really wanted to test this theory that laughter was going to make me feel better and be better the way actual yoga actually does. And on this particular afternoon, I kind of needed it. I had just flown nine hours home from Europe. Uh, and I had just lost my iPhone as well. I was jet-lagged and and feeling kind of bad. But fortunately, I didn't have to go do this on my own. I I roped in my friend who's kind of an expert, Mary Harris. Mary is a health reporter at WNYC. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, a guy just walked in. He's like, what is going on? So, Mary, uh, other than just being a general good egg, why did you uh, agree to do this? Well, I found it kind of intriguing, first of all, because laughter yoga has nothing to do with being funny. Or yoga. Or yoga. (laughs) I first want to say uh, there's no wrong way to laugh. That was Jonathan Applefield. He's the guy who led our laughter yoga class. So if you don't feel like it, we fake it. We fake it till we make it, okay? So we're just going to start with ho, ho, ho. This is what Jonathan kept saying. Fake it till you make it. And it got us wondering, are there real physical benefits to laughing? That's what we set out to investigate to find out if there's maybe some truth to the cheesy old cliche, laughter is the best medicine. Laughter does, while you're doing it, obviously feel good, makes you feel better. But can it keep us out of doctor's offices and hospitals? Does it not just improve our mood, but actually improve our health. So laughter yoga didn't start as yoga at all. It got its start in the 1960s with this guy Norman Cousins. He was a writer and a magazine editor, and he got this mysterious illness. He was in pain and he was bedridden. He has these nodules that are like gravel under his skin. So he gets this kind of grim diagnosis from a doctor, but he decides to check out of the hospital and into a hotel room. He stops taking his medication, and instead he sets up a film projector and he starts watching movies like the Marx Brothers and Candid Camera. 
I could dance with you till the cows come home. On second thought, I'd rather dance with the cows till you come home. Uh, and I made the very interesting discovery that ten minutes of good belly laughter uh, would give me two hours of pain-free sleep. That's him in 1974. I got rid of the painkillers, the codeine, the sleeping pills. They were giving me 36 aspirin a day. And I, I got rid of that and, and went with the things that I believed in. And as I say, I discovered that laughter did produce a natural body anesthesia. It was a very exhilarating discovery. The show will resume in no time, but I did want to take this moment to suggest you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to write a review, which does help people discover the show. And now, back to the podcast. (laughs) This kind of sounds like magical thinking to me, but studies have actually reproduced this effect. Laughing does increase the pain threshold. Cousins wrote a whole book about his experience. He called it Anatomy of an Illness. It was a huge bestseller. And one copy ended up in the hands of a doctor halfway around the world. Now, the reason we call it laughter yoga, because we combine laughter exercises with deep breathing techniques from yoga. This is the inventor of laughter yoga. He's a guy named Dr. Madan Kataria. He invented it in Mumbai in 1995. He cites Norman Cousins as his inspiration. Now thousands of people practice it all over the world. That brings more oxygen to our body and brain and makes us feel more healthy and more energetic. Scientifically, our body cannot differentiate between real and fake laughter. This is what I discovered. That's why a dozen people are crammed into this room on a Wednesday night to laugh like they're possessed. Some in this class have been coming for years. I've been doing it for about, oh, two and a half years. I have been doing this for a couple of years. I've been doing it for six years. I've lost track of how many years I've been doing this. I feel more centered and calmer in my life. So it sort of blocks out everything else. Uh, I had such severe back pain that I would say to people, hug me virtually. And not only did the back pain leave, but the memory of the back pain left. I have a doctorate in geriatric studies, and it's really great for your immune system. I do not get sick. Okay, now this might be true for all of them, but I think to both of us it sounded a little far-fetched. Yeah, it all seemed a little wishful to me, uh, but I was really interested in finding out why we humans laugh, why that evolved. And so I talked to the neuroscientist Robert Provine of the University of Maryland, who has studied that very thing including laughter in chimpanzees. That's actually Professor Provine. Uh, being one of the three species of chimpanzees, I'm, I'm qualified to give you a sample of chimp laughter. The human ha-ha had its origin in the chimpanzee pant-pant sound. Chimps laugh. Chimps do laugh. And in fact, the other thing I discovered, and of course they're primates, we're primates, that is not so crazy, but also rats laugh, they told me. What? Rats laugh. No. Does it sound like anything? All I want to know about it is the rats laughing now. (laughs) Well, laughter is a signal we send to other people to change their behavior. Uh, It's a sign that this is about play. I'm not attacking you. In fact, laughter is literally the sound of ritualized uh, heavy breathing of rough-and-tumble play. What Dr. Provine and his 
team does is go out into public places and eavesdrop and watch people as they talk and as they occasionally chuckle and laugh during their conversations and write down how often they laugh, what makes them laugh. Um, He's the Kinsey of laughter. There you go. Uh, and, And what he's found isn't exactly what you would think makes people laugh in real life. What most people said uh, before laughter occurred wasn't anything that was remotely jokey. Perhaps only 10 to 15 percent of all pre-laugh comments are uh, remotely jokey. They're like, hey, where have you been? (laughs) Or where'd you get that shirt? Or I've got to go now. (laughs) Not very good uh, sitcom material there. Not sitcom material exactly, but the earliest sitcoms had figured out something uh, that laughter is social and can be infectious. I know I give you a hard time, but it makes me feel horrible watching you go through this. You know what I'm going to do? What? Stop watching you. (laughs) So laugh tracks work, and science explains why. With uh, television, you had the cutting off of the performers from the audience. And if there's no audience, uh, this was uh, very difficult for performers to have proper uh, comic uh, timing. And also, you had people sitting at home wondering uh, where the comedy is. But uh, the laugh tracks are on the television situation comedy because they work. Uh, People are more likely to laugh and are more likely to rate material as funny Uh, if there's a laugh track than when there's not. It's like a sign I meant to be funny. Exactly. Goodbye, Charlie. Oh, come on. Don't leave. You know what the worst part is? I actually believe the things you said. You're kidding. (laughs) Well, no laughter yoga would be complete without the lion of all laughters. So let's... Do the lion laughter. What does a lion have? Claws. So let's see your claws. Yeah, that is Kurt, you and me, roaring like, like lions. lions. And I can still do it. <laughs> You're kind of into it. I, I, I was, and I am. And that's it for part one of our latest science and creativity series on laughter. I'll return to that laughter yoga class in our third and final installment of this series. The whole science and creativity series was produced with support from the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation. In our next episode, I talk with another neuroscientist who thinks science really is missing out by ignoring the phenomenon of laughter. You could study psychology and neuroscience for your whole life, certainly in the UK, and never know that people fell in love with each other or found anything funny. Why laughter is so poorly understood, it's not even funny. That's next time in part two of a special Science and Creativity series. (laughs) 
thanks for listening. And you can subscribe to Studio 360 at iTunes or Overcast or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. 